Thanks for tuning in to our Cypress Church podcast. To learn more about our church, visit our website at cypresschurch.net and join us for our Sunday morning services at 9 and 11 a.m. Subscribe on iTunes for more. Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. Uh, Welcome today. Glad you could be here on this first Sunday of Advent. Advent means arrival or coming, and that's what the church has been celebrating throughout the centuries, that that we, uh, on these first four Sundays before uh, Christmas, Christmas Day, we celebrate, they're called the Sundays of Advent, celebrating the coming of Jesus, celebrating his arrival into life, because he truly is Emmanuel. He's God with us. And we're excited about that because he can take every situation in Christmas, no matter what it is or how difficult it is, whether we burn the ham or or whatever we do, uh, the the struggles that we face, he can actually turn every Christmas into the best Christmas ever. And so so we can experience joy and, and hope and peace and love and so much more in him because of who he is. And so we get excited about that celebration. And, and each, each uh, Sunday uh, here at uh, Cyprus, we're going to be celebrating one aspect of what Jesus brings in this amazing reality of the, of the best Christmas ever. Uh, this first one and is, is the element of joy. Now, joy is, is found all throughout Scripture. And joy really happens and finds itself in Christ. But I want you to watch this video as it kind of walks through scripture and talks about this idea of joy. Let's listen on. Being in a good mood is really great. And most languages have lots of words to describe the experience, like happy, cheerful, joyful, and so on. The same goes for the languages of the Bible. In ancient biblical Hebrew, there's a variety of words, like simcha, sason, or gil. In the Greek New Testament, there's kara, euphrasune, or agaliasis. Each word has its own unique nuance, but they all basically refer to the feeling of joy and happiness. Now, what makes these biblical joy words interesting is noticing the kinds of things that bring happiness, and also seeing how joy is a key theme that runs through the whole story of the Bible. Let's start with sources of joy. On page one of the Bible, God says that this world is very good. And so naturally, people find joy in beautiful and good things of life, like growing flocks or an abundant harvest on the hills. The poet of Psalm 104 says a good bottle of wine is God's gift to bring joy to people's hearts. People find joy at a wedding or in their children. There's even a Hebrew proverb that compares the joy that perfume brings to your nose with the joy a good friend brings to your heart. However, human history isn't just a joy fest. The biblical story shows how we live in a world that's been corrupted by our own selfishness. It's marked by death and loss. And this is where biblical faith offers a unique perspective on joy. It's an attitude God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. So when the Israelites were suffering from slavery in Egypt, God raised up Moses to lead them into freedom. And the first thing the Israelites did was sing for joy. Even though they were in the middle of a desert, they were vulnerable, the promised land was still far away, they rejoiced anyway. Later, biblical poets looked back on this story and they remembered how the Lord caused his people to leave with joy, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. 
This joy in the wilderness, this was a defining moment, a way of saying that the joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny. This theme appears later in Israel's story, when Israel suffered under the oppression of foreign empires. The prophet Isaiah looked for a day when God would raise up a new deliverer like Moses. That's when those redeemed by the Lord will return to Zion with glad shouts, with eternal joy crowning their heads. Happiness and joy will overtake them. And while the Israelites waited, they chose joy to anticipate their future redemption. This is why it's significant that when Jesus of Nazareth was born, it was announced as good news that brings great joy. We're told that Jesus himself rejoiced and gave thanks to God his Father when he began to announce the kingdom of God. He even taught his followers the same joy in the wilderness, saying, when people reject you or persecute you for following me, rejoice, be very glad, because your reward is great in heaven. After his death and resurrection, Jesus commissioned his followers to go out and announce the good news that he was the risen king of the world. And as they did so, the early Christian communities were known for being full of joy, even when they were persecuted. Like when the Apostle Paul was sitting in a dirty Roman prison, he could say that he's chosen joy, even if he gets executed. He called this the joy of faith, or joy in the Lord. He believed it was the gift of God's Spirit, a sign that Jesus' presence is with you, inspiring hope in the midst of hardship. And when you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, joy becomes reasonable in the darkest of circumstances. Now, this doesn't mean that you ignore or suppress your sorrow. That's not healthy or necessary. Paul often expressed his grief about missing loved ones or losing friends or his own freedom. He called it being full of sorrow and yet rejoicing. As he acknowledged his pain, he also made a choice to trust Jesus, that his loss wouldn't be the final word. This is very different from the trite advice to turn that frown upside down. Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own life and love. And that's what biblical joy is all about. Amen. What a good video. I love the Bible Project. Well, good morning, Cypress Church and guests. Uh, My name is John White. I'm the pastor of Student Ministries, and uh, we just want to welcome you to our first Advent Sunday. Uh, Today we're beginning a season of waiting and anticipation. We're going to have four weeks of waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Four weeks of hope mixed with anticipation. Four weeks where we can prepare ourselves and get ready. And this is really what Advent is all about. It's about listening to all that God promises us and waiting for those promises to be revealed and realized in our own lives. And so over the next four Sundays, we're going to have a different family help, uh, help all of us listen to God's promises in Scripture this Advent as we prepare our hearts for the best Christmas ever. Um, So with that, this morning, would you join me in welcoming up the Strother family? They're going to help us this morning. Good morning. Today, we celebrate the beginning of Advent. Advent is a season in which we prepare our hearts and minds to celebrate the birth of Jesus. For four weeks, we remember how Jesus is the the light of the world through the key biblical themes that came to its fulfillment in Jesus, peace, hope, joy, and love. Each of these themes is represented by a candle around the Advent wreath. The four candles also symbolize God's people waiting for for 100 years from the last prophecies about about Christ's coming to his actual birth. Today we are going to light the candle of joy and then read a scripture from Luke 2, 2 verse 8 through 12. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, and that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. May we find joy in the Savior this Christmas season. Thank you, Strother family. Thank you so much. Well, this is a family service, so here's what I want us to do. Before we stand up to greet uh, the rest of the families in the room, I want you to think about one thing. I'm going to give you one minute, okay? I want you to share with the people around you what is the most unexpected thing that's ever happened to you on Christmas. All right? So let's stand up, greet each other, and share what's the most unexpected thing that's happened to you on Christmas. Go. All right. Did you share your story? Did you share your story, most unexpected thing happening? I know for us, probably the most unexpected thing that happened was actually last year. Last year, actually a couple days ago, our uh, sixth grandchild was born five weeks early. That was definitely unexpected. We got a call from our daughter and she said, I think we need to go to the hospital like right now. And so I had the opportunity to sit with my grandson while the kids, it was great. Well, good morning, Merry Christmas. Welcome to this Sunday. My name is Mike, by the way, one of the pastors here. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but it's Vestember. I see some of you have your vests on. That's a good thing. You know, there's like no shave November. Uh, December is called Vestember. At least I'm trying a new trend. It's, I've been doing this for like the last four years and it still hasn't caught on. <laughs> I'm really trying to start this movement, you know, trying to start this thing happening. But the truth is, I really, really, really love Christmas. And Christmas is a wonderful, wonderful time. Lots of fun things. What, what do you love about Christmas? What are some things you love about Christmas? I, I see we need some motivation. So let me get my chocolate out here. What do you love about Christmas? What's that? What, what's that? What do you love about Christmas? What's that? Getting Christmas presents, yes, beautiful. What else? What do you love about Christmas? What? What? Jesus' birthday, that's great. That's a good one. Okay, what else? You got one? Family gatherings. Good job. Good job. Anyone else? What else? Yes, what? Cookies, absolutely. What's your favorite cookie? Sugar cookies? Uh, I love chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, what, what do you think it is? Your, you love your elves. Anybody do elf on a shelf? Yeah, okay. Okay, good job. What? What's that? The Christmas tree. Excellent. What? The Christmas lights. I love lights. I still haven't gotten my... How many of you got your house house lights up if you do house lights? Yeah, I hate you. I still haven't got mine. What about you? What? 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 The Christmas cake. Yes, I love that. I love that. And there's lots of good things. What? Here, you can just have one right there. Just because you're so doggone cute. Uh, hey, wow, the lectern appeared. I was stalling for that, but uh, you know, I, you know, I love Christmas and, and and all that it means, and and of course it means Jesus, right, Ethan? Yeah, we got to, he got a big stack last time on that, but uh, um, you know, uh, but sometimes Christmas uh, doesn't always turn out how we hoped, and uh, and I, I know I've got I think back and say, yeah, there were some times when Christmas really didn't turn out how I'd hoped. Now. When I was a lot younger, I was really rowdy, and I'm not not like I'm calm now. I'm you know I'm a lot better now, 
And, uh, but I was just really rowdy and I got things riled up. And one time my brother, you know how brothers are, they always egg you on to stuff. So my brother, you know, double dog dared me to, uh, to tear open just to see if I could see what one of the, actually, I think it was his Christmas present I was tearing open. So I said, sure, why not? You know, I mean, he dared me and I, of course, I'll be, I'll do a dare, you know. So I ripped open the, the thing and, and I don't know what exactly happened to me, whether it was the sound of the tear of the paper, but something just kind of overcame me and I started ripping off all the wrapping paper and I didn't just do that present, I did another present. I did like six or seven presents under the tree. Yeah, my mom was not happy. I've kind of felt that for a while, if you know what I mean. <laughs> that was not the best Christmas ever. Uh, but but we, we've had some amazing times and just some wonderful, wonderful times as Christy and I have you know, come and married and had kids. And then that time with those kids, it was magical and wonderful. And then, <laughs> then grandkids come along and it's even just adds all to that. And, and I love giving gifts. I actually love doing the stockings. Those are my favorite thing to do in the world. And so when my grandkids were born, I just said, I'm going to really, you know, I'm going to go large. And so these are the, the stockings. Each one of our grandkids have one of these things and we fill it. Or at least I feel it. Uh, but it's because uh, you know, my kids go, sure, Dad, knock yourself out. And I said, no problem. I have no problem with that. I mean, there's all kinds of fun stuff, you know. But you can, they can use it like sleeping bags now. now they're that. But it's fun. But <clears throat> Christmas is an amazing time. Uh, it's an amazing time for family. It's an amazing time to gather. And the true miracle of Christmas is Jesus. Because it's really all about him. He was the, the first Christmas miracle. God squeezing himself into the tininess of a little baby and then being born and, and living life to show us how to live and then eventually becoming our savior. But, 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 but what's interesting is that even from that first Christmas miracle of Christ being born, we, we want a Christmas miracle. We want that, practice, uh, that practical Christmas miracle for ourselves. It's like this young couple that I, I knew a while back. They, uh, they were struggling, uh, struggling financially. And they, though they paid all of their bills, um, you know, they just didn't have enough one year for Christmas to buy Christmas presents for their kids. Not really even anything. And they were, they were happy that, you know, they just, they trusted God and they just knew that God had provided them and that, and that was enough. But I don't know how it happened, but, but they went out, it was a week before Christmas and they went out, they got their mail and then their mail was a white envelope and inside that envelope was a wad of cash and it said, Merry Christmas, buy your kids some Christmas presents. So they went out and bought some, and for them, that family, it was a, bought some wonderful gifts for their kids. And it was not the gifts that made that the best Christmas ever. It was that God had provided in that way. When we hear stories like this, uh, we kind of want our own Christmas miracle. From about Thanksgiving on, maybe even a little before Thanksgiving, we have this anticipation, this, this expectation that, at right, at just at the right moment, at Christmas time, all our dreams are going to come true. All our relationships are going to get repaired. All our emotional issues are going to be solved. Whether it's work or school, those issues will somehow work out. What's broken is going to get fixed again. Uh, people who are distant will come back. That stress of going out and, <clears throat> and getting that perfect Christmas gift, that having that perfect Christmas family photo organizing that perfect moment for family or friends will just simply all happen at Christmas, that Christmas miracle. And the season will be filled with joy and good times and those Christmas miracles will happen to us. We have that 
expectation, whether unknown or known. And yet most of the time we do fall short and actually experience what psychologists have called the Christmas blues, uh, where we post, you know, hashtag best Christmas ever, more as a satirical mocking that Christmas was not the best ever and we're not feeling joy or hope or peace or love or much of anything at all. Actually, we feel more depressed and alone and disconnected. But the reality of Emmanuel, which we just sang about, that we sang about, is that Jesus has a way to change all of that. For Christmas lets us know that God is with us. And actually, Jesus is called Emmanuel. Matter of you'll see it written two different ways, one with an I, one with the E. They both still mean the same thing, that God with us. The one from an I is translated from the Greek New Testament into English. That's Emmanuel with an I. And the one for E is translated from the Hebrew Old Testament uh, and translated there, and it starts with an E. That's, the, that's how you know the difference between that little tidbit of information. But they both mean the same thing, God with us. And regardless of the circumstances, it can be the best Christmas ever because God is with us. Jesus is with us. And when the unexpected happens, like it does, when the unexpected happens, God can be with us and that can make all the difference in the world. Just like the biblical story of Christmas with the shepherds, the unexpected happened with them as angels appeared and the glory of the Lord showed about them and it was scary. But yet... Jesus made it the best Christmas ever. Or like when people are mean, like Herod, doing some horrible things, and yet it can still be the best Christmas ever because of Christ. Or when everything changes, like Joseph in the story, Joseph being engaged to Mary, Mary is found out to be pregnant, and Joseph is wondering what's going on here. It's not what he anticipated, and yet Jesus can make the best Christmas ever. Or with Mary, who here she is, a devout woman uh, seeking to, to live life right, and all of a sudden this happens. It wasn't what she had expected. But Jesus made the best Christmas ever because Emmanuel is with us. God is with us. And though the circumstances may not change, Jesus can work his miracles and bring about joy, peace, love, hope, and more. And the key, the key in all of this is to seek Jesus, to seek the Christ of Christmas because he can be found. It's discovering who Jesus is and, and seeking to put faith in him, that belief, faith of trust in him, whether you've known him for a long time or just hearing about him, even maybe even this morning. And so over the next few Sundays, we're going to be talking about Jesus, the Christ of Christmas, and discover life with him and understanding him and how life with him can be and being connected with him and, and experience this Emmanuel, this God with us. It's all about having the hashtag best Christmas ever. Now, in the biblical story, there were some shepherds one night out watching their sheep. Now, can someone tell me what happened? I, I get my motivation out here. I'll go over here. So uh, what happened? There were, there were some shepherds, right? Yes. That's a good, that's good, Ethan. Here you go, buddy. Here's more chocolate. That's all you need is more chocolate. Yeah, what happened? There were angels, and they announced that Jesus was there. What, what else did they say? Do you remember? Yes, Jesus was born. Good job, good job. Yes? 
They said, don't be afraid. And they were afraid nonetheless. Here you go. And what else happened? Did the, did the shepherds just simply uh, uh, go, wow, that was kind of weird, and be afraid and run away? No, what did they do? They went to? What? Yes, what, what, what? Yes, good job. Excellent. They went to Bethlehem, and they saw, they saw, who did they see in Bethlehem? They did okay. You did Jesus. Well, you're just right on it, and you guys get one some too. Anybody else? Jesus, and then they saw Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus lying in a manger. You are just on top of it, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and they went from there, and they just went home. Did they tell anybody about it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love you. That's great. <clears throat> You know, I think we just need to actually hear the story right from Scripture. So, Pastor Lorena, why don't you come on up here and bring some readers to read us the Scripture. Come on up. Of course you're going to come. Yeah. (laughs) Who has a story already memorized. Okay, this is Kayla. And this is Mackenzie. Let's get our Bibles ready. That's right. Got a cool cover, too. Oh. Yeah, just take it off for a second. All right. We don't need that. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this baby will be a, and this will be a sign for you. You will be, find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was a, there was with an angel of multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to." To God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Amen. Good job. Amen. When the angels went away from the, them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with the haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the thing that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Amen. Good job. Let's give him a hand. Thanks, you guys. And somewhere along the way, I don't know if it was one of the shepherds, maybe it could have happened, but somewhere along the line, one of the shepherds might have posted online saying, hashtag, that was unexpected. Now, these shepherds did not run, like we talked, from this crazy scene, but they embraced Jesus' interruption, and it yielded the best. And so I want this morning for us to walk through the shepherd's story, three truths Jesus brings to life's difficulties, life unexpected difficulties, and just life unexpected times, as we understand that embracing Jesus' interruptions yields the best. Before we get into that, why don't you stand up? And let's, uh, let's pray and ask God to do some cool things in our life. Father, thank you just for the opportunity to be here together as a family and kids, kids and so forth. And just enjoy this time together. And may you teach us something, Lord. Let us be open to what you would have us to learn this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can all have a seat. 
and I encourage you to take out the, the notes that are in your outline. You've received one of these worship folders inside there. There's a, there's a card. I really would love for you to fill out that card and give us a prayer request as you're spending this time this morning. But even uh, more than that, bring out your outline page. There's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen back here. And I also encourage you, out in the lobby, there is a study guide that you can get a hold of that will help you some of the extra verses that I've been sharing already and we'll share later on as we go out through this time. You want to get those and write those down. It'll be a great time. But three truths Jesus brings to life's difficulties, life's unexpected difficulties in life. The first truth in facing these unexpected difficulties is in fear, Jesus interrupts with peace. Now, we just, girls just read this wonderful passage in Luke chapter two, but it explains that there are shepherds out in their fields. Now, the, the interesting reality about shepherds is that they were fairly rough and rowdy kind of people. They were kind of, you know, they had it there. They were excited about that. And and Ethan, come on up here, buddy. He he was my uh, example uh, first. I've got a shepherd staff for you right here. So I want you to hold this shepherd staff and look kind of like rough. Yeah, whoa. Okay. Okay. You know, and, and what's amazing about these shepherds is that you had to be brave. So be brave, brave and strong. Yeah, there he goes. He's, he's got that all together. And to fight off all kinds of predators with that staff and bandits and, 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 and be able to handle the unpredictable weather, uh, they were rough. And they could wield their shepherd's staff. Look at that. He's just got that. He's got it all in there. And he could wield their shepherd's staff. Actually, they would put the shepherds in the armies. They would put them out in front with their staffs. You know, do your, do your ninja moves with your staff now. Yeah, there you go. And... Uh, um, they put it out front because they were so deadly with those staffs, and it was really great. So, anyways, give give Ethan a big hand. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Whenever I need a rowdy shepherd, I'll look at Ethan. But the reason why I wanted him to stop because there's some other things about uh, shepherds that are interesting is that uh, um, living out with a sheep all day long made them a bit smelly. Now, Ethan's not smelly, but but shepherds are, and they <coughs> they lacked a, a few social graces, uh, and they were actually despised. Uh, by those around him. They, in Jesus' day, they were considered outcasts. Their testimony had no value in court. Actually, they had no voice. People really wouldn't listen to them because they were, hey, shepherds, and what do they know? People avoided them. They lived in that reality, feeling less, actually devalued and bullied by other people. Anybody ever felt bullied? I know I, know I did in, in, in school. And that's, you know, I can imagine some of the... Uh, uh, shepherds hashtagging <laughs> my life stinks or uh, hashtag can life get any worse than this uh, and 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 if anyone authority would have come to them they would knew it was going to be bad now i lived in a, a poorer section of town when i was growing up and if there was ever any authority that came into our area we knew it had to be bad if they came into our hood <laughs> uh, it meant trouble and and these uh shepherds felt the same way that that when here this authority these angels these heavenly hosts come to talk to them to give them some information they're thinking oh my gosh something's going wrong here but god chose these lowly humble a bit awkward people to receive this heavenly visitation, and they were afraid. Their fear was very real. And actually, so are our fears. The fear of being overwhelmed. The fear of being lonely. The fear of pressure. The fear of difficulties. The fear of failing. The fear of family issues. I know for me, growing up, Christmas was not always easy. Not just the package frenzy, but there was all kinds of things that went on at Christmas time in my house. And I actually began to fear Christmas. Christmas was not a happy time when I was growing up. And, and, and it's some of you the same way. And you had fear of bullies, fear of not making it, fear of being hurt, 
And Christmas, a fear of Christmas not working out as his plan. Their fear, our fear is real, so is theirs. But notice how Jesus interrupts their fear. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, it says this. But the angel of the Lord said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news. That word good news is the word we get gospel, meaning good news. Uh, For I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, not just them, all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. These angels, their fear was acknowledged and answered. The angels knew they were afraid. They didn't just go on with their story. They stopped and said, yeah, I get that you're fearful, but don't be afraid. They acknowledged it and answered it because God is personal. He, He knows every detail of our life. He put us together when we had Psalm. That's why I love Psalm 139 so much. It talks about that. that He knit us together inside of our mom. He knows every detail and feature about us. And he looked at us and said, here's one of my masterpieces. Sometime when you look in the mirror, go, one of God's masterpieces. Instead of going, oh, look at that thing right there. How come my ears are too small? What's the matter with my, God made you as a masterpiece and he loves you. He loves every part of you. The thought of you makes him sing in his heart. And he cares about you. He knows what you are thinking. He knows what you're going to say. And he still loves you. He knows about your past. He knows your mistakes. He knows your triumphs and, and, and your tragedies. And God knows it all. He even knows the stuff that you shouldn't have done, that you knew you did, and you did it anyways. He knows all of that and still loves you incredibly. And he understands your fears. Realize God has interrupted that fear with the knowledge that you are not invisible. You are known by God. He knows you intimately and cares about you deeply. He knows even what you're afraid of right now. He knows what's going on in your heart. You are seen and known by God. The angels also reassured them of a promise they had known, a promise that was coming. See, these were these were Jewish shepherds and they had understand the Old Testament that there was a king that was coming that would bring peace. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for for unto us a child is born to us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. But that reign of peace and joy can't be experienced because something stands in the way. And that's why Jesus came. Anybody like presents? Anybody like presents? You do? I have a present for someone. Rich, help me find someone to give. Who, who wants a present? Pick, pick somebody. Yeah. 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 There's, look, there's some people over here, Rich. Right there, right there, right there, right there. Yeah, go. Yeah, you. Come on. Yeah. Yes, you. You. Come on up. Woo, give him a hand. Come on up. Come on up. What's your name? Joshua. This is Joshua. Say hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. Josh, okay, you stand over here, buddy. Right over here. Right here. Okay, stand right there. Okay, and you want this present, right? You want it badly? Yeah, okay, I know. Yes, you do. Well, I'm going to put it over here. He's going, what's he going to make me do to get this present? Well, Josh, stand right there. By the way, do you know that your name means strong and brave? You're brave coming up here in front of all these people. Yeah, he's going, what did I get myself into? But, but, but Josh is just like us. 
in that, in that God has a gift for us, and that gift is an amazing gift. It's, it's a gift of salvation from our sin. It's a gift of eternal life with him in heaven. It's a gift of, of having a relationship with God. It's a gift of, of living out the life that God has for us. God has this incredible gift for us. But the problem is something holds us back. The Bible calls that sin. I, I need someone for an example to sin. John, you're a good example for sin. <clears throat> no, really, he's far from it. John is our youth pastor and a great godly man. But he, yeah, come on. No, no, don't. No, no, don't. Don't get that. But I want you to get, sin has a grip on us, just like John, uh, just like John has a grip on, on Josh. Now, Josh, you want that present, right? Try to get it. <laughs> See, sin is holding him back. He can't get to this wonderful, amazing, incredible gift because sin is holding him back. We need someone to rescue uh, Josh from sin. We need a rescuer. We need a savior. Rich, Rich, come save Josh from sin, would you? Take out sin. Yeah. Come here, sin. Yeah. Yeah. Take him away. Take him away. Grab him away. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and don't use your police chaplain moves on him. <laughs> fear just went to John's eyes like that. And sin should fear the Savior, right? Well, now Josh is free. He can go get the present. Go get it. And you can take it. Good job, Josh. Okay, Josh, you can go ahead and sit down now, buddy. Thank you. <clears throat> Do you get that? Does it, does it make sense to you? God has this incredible life of, of salvation. It's not just salvation. For, I mean, it's not just a, a heaven, but there's even time now where he wants you to, to experience all the reality of his of a relationship with him and, and actually allow you to be the person that God created you to be through him. It's all found in that gift. But, but what, what happens is we're so shackled with sin and gripped by sin, we can't get to that. We have to have a savior. And that's why Jesus came, to rescue us from this sin that we have that's dealing with that. And the Bible is very clear in Isaiah 59, verse 2, that our sin has separated us from God. And we need a rescuer. And Jesus is that rescuer who can set us free. When we believe in him, have faith that Jesus is the rescuer, sin is released and we are free to grab a hold of that gift. Now, wouldn't it be a shame... If Josh gets this nice gift and he just holds on to it, he never opens it. He just kind of sits it there in his room. I got a gift. Oh, it's a great gift. I can even shake it and it sounds like it's got fun stuff in there. And he never opens it. Well, that would be a sad reality, wouldn't it? But the problem is that's how some of us are with our salvation. Yeah, we've come to faith in Jesus. We picked up the present. But we really haven't opened it up and enjoyed who Jesus is. And all that he truly can be in us and how we can transform our life and how we can have this incredible full life in him. And part of the reason we spend this time in this Christmas season is to challenge you to, to know who Jesus is, to open up this gift and to really enjoy all of who Jesus is because he came to give us peace. And I know as human beings, we have a hard time facing the realities of life. And we need that peace. Jesus came to give us that peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, Jesus says. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. It's a peace that surpasses understanding. It's a miraculous peace, even in fearful circumstances. Now, now these shepherds, their life was still difficult. They're still socially unacceptable. 
Their jobs were hard. They had to live in the hazards of wild beasts and the weather and the unknown and, and dealing with dumb sheep. I don't know if you know anything about sheep, but sheep are not very smart. And they're frustrating because they don't do what you want them to do because they don't learn well. But this good news, this gospel can interrupt their fear and did interrupt their fear and brought peace and joy. Just like we talked about in the video, that joy that is all encompassing through scripture. And that peace and joy is for us too. The question is, have you made that decision to believe in Jesus, your rescuer, to be released so that you can come enjoy that gift? I want to encourage you, if you have not yet made that decision, this today may be a great opportunity, but also a great opportunity is that we have these next step packs that are available. If you're interested, our ushers will be having them at the end of the service, so just be holding on to them. They won't need to talk to anybody. There's also be some at the welcome desk. But grab one of these, and, and, and there's great books and a letter and all kinds of information about how you can explore Jesus even more and, and get to know him. Don't go another Christmas without making sure that you've grabbed a hold of that gift and make sure that you're opening that gift. For embracing Jesus' interruptions yields the best. The next truth in, in dealing with the <clears throat> unexpected is, to, is in confusion, Jesus interrupts. With clarity, the angels uh, made their announcement in that first uh, section that we just read before, just a little bit ago, that, that the angels were there, and unto uh, they said, "For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord." And this will be a sign for you: you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger—that's a feeding trough—and suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, singing, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom He is pleased." Don't ever think that God doesn't like mankind and people. He is very pleased and loves us. Well, the angels are trying to grasp all that's happening, this heavenly scene that I'm sure it was brightness and light in the middle of the night and these voices and all of that. They're trying to come to uh, what's going on, a little bit confused and blinking their eyes. They did this, verse 15. The angels went away from them, from the shepherds, into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened to which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. In their confusion, Jesus interrupts with living proof. Living proof, finding that sign that they were told of. And it all made sense. All the teaching they had had and heard about this Messiah coming, that he would be born the angel's announcement, and here he is. It all came into <clears throat> understanding, and, and life gets confusing. And we wish we had a helper, a, a guide with some instructions to make it through the struggles we have with our emotions or relational struggles or, or the, somewhere we can gain wisdom to be as a student, as a parent, as a friend, as a neighbor, or even with our specific jobs. Well, like the angel gave instructions and, and to bring clarity to the shepherds, we all have God's word, the Bible, to help us. If you have your Bible, whether it's electronic or that, hold it up. Just hold it up. Give your Bible with you. Just hold it up. This is an amazing book. It's not just words on a page. It's a living, breathing word of God to us. It's not just stories and history. It's God's word to us. And it does something with us. In Psalm 119, verse 105, it says that God's word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. See, God's word gives direction. It helps us find out. Now, it's not like, you know, Surrey, 
How do I get to Costco? And all of a sudden it shows up in a map like that. No, it's not that specific, but it gives us principles and, and, and ideas and thoughts to give us a direction as we move through and, and navigate through life. Not only that, 2 Timothy 3.16, it's, it is, is inspired word of God. It's God breathed into the different authors that wrote down all that they wrote down, that God had them write down, and, and God even encouraged them with the right words using their personality in mind as a training tool for all God has for us. And not only that, as Hebrews 4.12 says, is that this word of God is, is like the greatest life coach there, is able to cut through the issues of life. And I don't know if you're like this, when you read of God's word, you go, whoa, there's times when you did just major conviction. It's not shaming, but it's conviction of challenging us with the way that we're living and, and encouraging us. That's why it's not shame because it, not, it talks about how great God loves us and how affirming it is, but it also challenges us because sometimes we do wrong things. And we ought to feel guilty because it's just it, because we're not doing the right thing. And God's word helps us and moves us forward. Not only that, but if we've come to faith in Jesus, we've, we've been released from sin, like Josh was released uh, from John and, and made that we have a helper that comes with us. God's given us his Holy Spirit to individually help us. John 14, <clears throat> 26, it says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And just like coming to faith is a choice, so it is to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's because the Holy Spirit does speak. Actually, in Romans eight twenty six, it says the Holy Spirit is a helper. He actually prays for us, and we can't even pray for ourselves. And not only that, in Galatians five twenty two and twenty three, it's, it, these are the, the, the gifts or the fruits of the Spirit that God, that God the Holy Spirit works in, builds in us. He's cultivating them in our lives. And one of the ways He cultivates us is to bring us through tests and trials to build those character traits in our lives. And in that, the Holy Spirit gives us power. Acts 1.8, uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you'll have power, power to do God's will and live life his way. And one way to choose to listen is to spend time reading your Bible. And that's why we've talked about this quite a bit here. That's why we've encouraged you to pick up one of these uh, Advent devotionals. Uh, these things are amazing. They've got some great stories in here, but also points you to Scripture as you read some Scriptures along with that so that you can be getting yourselves into God's Word. So I encourage you to do that. Also, there's opportunity to uh, to read good Christian books. One that we're recommending is this one by Matt Chandler. It's a very small little book. Uh, it says, Even a Better Christmas. It talks about Christ at Christmas. And I encourage you to get one of these. And one of the neat deals that we have with that is that when you buy one of these, it will also give another one to somebody who's searching about Jesus. So it's kind of a buy one, give one. And there are five dollars at the at the the table next to the welcome center. I encourage you to pick one of those up. For as we let the interruption of listening to God's word, let that interrupt you, and the Holy Spirit will give you clarity and joy, just like that video. There'll be joy that you can choose, and in life. It'll happen for embracing Jesus' interruption leads and yields to the best. So one last truth in confronting the unexpected is to, in response, Jesus interrupts with wonder. Now, yes, the shepherds were fearful and confused, but they didn't run. They embraced Jesus' interruption, and it yielded joyful peace and joyful clarity. Now, they responded. Let's look at how they responded. Verse 17 of, of, of Luke 2. 
when they saw it, they saw the scene of Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger in that cutout cave. They were Jesus laid in a feeding trough. When they saw that scene, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They could not hold this good news in. They went out and told people. Now, now remember, shepherds were despised. Uh, People didn't believe their words. They had no voice. But something was different this time. Sure, the recounting of the angels and finding Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, that story was fascinating. But see, these shepherds were eyewitnesses. They'd experienced this, and there was a, a resolve. There was a, 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 a conviction and, 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 a, and a passion, and it gave them a voice. And when they responded in telling others, God interrupted with wonder. Now, that word wonder is a very interesting word because it doesn't just mean in awe, but it means in awe pointing people to God. It's an awe of God. And and so when when you get out and share God's word so convicted and so uh, moved with passion and begin to share with other people, it creates a wonder and a joy that Emmanuel has come. And so how do we respond to this story of Jesus this Christmas? Will we step out and let others know? For when we do, God interrupts with wonder, drawing people to himself So they can choose Jesus and experience joy. So here's some practical applications of this. Be praying and thinking about who you might invite to Christmas this year. Maybe one of the Christmas Sundays or for certainly Christmas Eve. And then go ahead and invite them. And there's all kinds of opportunities to do that. We have these... uh, uh, door hangers that we've made that you can just put these on the, you can flyer your neighborhood. There's all kinds of, there's flyers as well. They're like this. They have a map on the back. Both of them do about how to get here. When are our service times? I encourage you to take a stack of them. There's a couple of stacks up here. There's a lot of them in the lobby. We've got thousands of these and we want you to hand them out. So take an opportunity and invite people and see what wonder that creates. Maybe even hold a Christmas party in your neighborhood and invite your family and, and friends to that and, and, and just have a good time together and then invite them to Christmas Eve or Christmas services. When we respond in reaching out to others, God does something amazing and wonder happens. For embracing Jesus' interruption yields the best. The question is, will you? See, what makes the hashtag best Christmas ever is Jesus. It's, it, it's always been Jesus. In fear, Jesus interrupts with peace. In confusion, Jesus interrupts with clarity. In responding to Jesus, Jesus interrupts with wonder and incredible, unspeakable joy. It, it's not automatic. Just like going after that gift. It takes a choice. You have to want to And yet embracing Jesus' interruptions yields the best. Will you? Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for the fact that you chose to interrupt humanity. You chose to um, squeeze yourself in the tininess of a little boy, little baby, and be born and 
live all the limitedness of a human being. And, and yet, Lord, we know you came for a purpose, not only to show us how to live, but also to ultimately pay the price of death on a cross to be our Savior. So we're thankful for that. Help us now, Lord. Embrace you. Embrace your interruptions in life. So that we can experience all that you have this Christmas, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I can't think of a more fitting way to end our first Sunday of Advent than in the ceremony of communion. Communion has been a ceremony that Jesus started back with his disciples in the upper room to help them understand why he came. He came to be their rescuer, their redeemer. They were gripped with sin, and he came to loosen them from that. And how that happened is when he died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. All the sin of the world was heaped on him. He breathed his last and died. But he didn't stay dead. On the third day, he rose from the grave saying, yeah, I was capable of doing that. Your sins are taken care of. I have truly rescued you. And you can count on that and trust in that. You just have to live it in belief and begin to open that gift that God has given you. And communion is a way for us to commemorate, to remember what Jesus has done. And and how uh, we do and celebrate communion in, in our church, is we, our custom is, is that we have a couple of tables. Two are in front here, two are in back. And if those are helping prepare, we go and get those tables ready. You can move right now and get them ready. Our custom is there is, is in a moment, I'll, I'll lead in prayer. And then after that, you can take a moment and pray yourselves and get yourselves ready. And then you can come and collect the elements and grab onto a, a, a cracker and a cup. The cracker's gluten-free, if you're wondering. And a cup and just hang on to it until all have been served so that we can partake together. Uh, the, the symbols are, are very meaningful to us. Uh, the bread is, is, is the bread of redemption that Jesus broke when he was there in that upper room, reminding us that he is our redeemer. And that redemption comes through what happened to him on the cross. He was beaten and scourged and nailed to a cross and left to suffocate to death. It was a real death. He really died. And he suffered on our behalf, his body broken for us. And then the cup, uh, which is red, it looks like blood. It doesn't become blood. It just simply is a symbol of death. And doesn't just like the body doesn't become his, his flesh. It's simply a, a symbol of his body and his, his blood. But they don't become that. They're just symbols. And it's reminding us that through his death that we have redemption. We were released from the grip of sin because of what he did. And we're just thankful. And so this is an opportunity for us to say thank you to Jesus for that. And you can pray quietness of your own seat. He loves the sound of your thoughts. And then this is a time also, if you have not yet made that decision for faith in Jesus, you can with a simple prayer, just like that illustration. God, I get it. You have a gift for me of, of eternal life and, and life in you. And I, and I want that gift. And I know that sin holds me back. And I know I need a rescuer, a savior. And I know that that's Jesus. And I believe it. You can say that just in your own words and pray that and have this be the first time you took communion as a believer in Jesus. If you make the decision, I'd love to know. I know people do that all the time around here. And just come and let me know afterwards and, or you know, anytime you want and send me an email or something. And that'd be great. But let me pray. And then when you're ready, you come. Father God, thank you. Thank you for sending and giving your son. And Jesus, thanks for coming. Thanks for being that savior for us. You released sin's grip. You actually took it upon yourself and paid the 
ultimate price of death. So Lord, we're, we're so thankful for that. I just want to express that to you and say again how much we love you and, and thank you. And on this first Sunday of Advent, when we think about the joy that we can have in you because you've released us from sin, we're just so thankful. Bless this moment as we all partake of this ceremony of communion and remember what you've done to us or for us. We pray in Jesus' name. When you're ready, you come.